I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to an FDP speciale. Yes, mate. Buzzing. Another special. Another special. It's taken us a little while to get this guest on. Uh, We've had a few diary clashes, should we say, and a few things come up. Um, But this one is a little bit extra special for us personally, isn't it? It certainly is, yeah. This is an episode where we can be who we want to be every episode without the bullshit, without the unbiasedness, without all of that. True, true gooners. True gooners. This is the Football Drop Arsenal podcast today. (laughs) (laughs) All of our listeners have gone, fuck that, that's every episode I'm turning off. Yeah, pretty much. Now this time, (laughs) it is all things Arsenal. Um, we've got, oh, I don't really know how to, how to say it. it still seems a bit surreal, but we've got Akil joining us on the board of the Arsenal Supporters Trust. This could be a good one. It's going to be an epic one. Absolutely epic one. Interested to hear all the stories that you get being in the Arsenal Supporters Trust and, and on the board. Akil, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Mate, it's an absolute pleasure. It's uh, it's one of those where we try to cover Premier League generally. Uh, we've been gooners our entire life. And we try our best to be as non-biased as possible, just to be fair to everyone. But this week we can just throw that out the window, just yeah. all yeah. things Arsenal. We, we are genuinely so excited, like kids to do this. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, thank you for for coming on. Um, just for the, the the purpose of the listeners, really, tell us a little bit about yourself and and kind of what you what you do. Yeah, so um, I follow Arsenal. Essentially. <laughs> um, sort of been going to Arsenal for for many years. Go home and away. Um, this year on course at the moment to get to get 100% record so that's quite oh well, I miss nice. I miss PSV away but I went to Lons and Seville so um, nice. close enough right um, so yeah been going to Arsenal for, for many years also a board member of the Arsenal Supporters Trust uh, been involved there for about 10, 10 12 years or so um, wow. which I'm sure we'll go into and then we absolutely can go into um, but yeah just been around the club for, for quite a while I'm just sort of part of my life really amazing and when did the the love affair with arsenal start oh uh mid mid to early 90s um ian wright ian wright was probably one of the main reasons proper personality had every celebration under the sun uh (laughs) he was a really likable person for a young person um and it was just, I just loved Ian Wright. And that obviously then got me into Arsenal. I had family that sport in Arsenal. My mum grew up in sort of like the, the Southgate, Arnold's Grove area. So uh-huh. you were either Arsenal or you were another team that we won't mention. So luckily, <laughs> the whole family was Arsenal. So it, it kind of, yeah, there was a few nice. reasons really. But yeah, it's kind of, it started very early, three, four years old, really. Amazing. Yeah, same, same. You used to, yeah. l- I love Ian Wright. Absolutely adore Ian Wright. Yeah. Is a, yeah, it's a big reason why. I think if you were starting to like football in the 90s, mid-90s, yeah. it was probably, if you're an Arsenal fan, it was Ian Wright. And then obviously went on to the Dennis Burkamp and the Arsenal Wenger days. Um, but it was really, Ian Wright was just such a personality. As, as a kid, mm. you wanted to be him. You wanted to put your collars up like he did sometimes. You wanted that JVC shirt. You just Everything about him was just great. Do you remember your first game? I do. It was a nil-nil uh, against Coventry at, at, at Highbury, um, nothing happened. Like I'm surprised I went back to be honest. Uh, <laughs> Nigel Winterburn uh, nutty nutty hit the the bar I think or post uh, hit the woodwork. Couldn't see much to be honest. Um, it was pretty cold. Um, wasn't actually, wasn't very enjoyable for honest. As I said, I'm surprised I went back, but <laughs> thankfully I persevered. Amazing, amazing. Um, um, in terms of your worst game, then, or most memorable worst game? Uh, <laughs> 8-2. 8-2 at Old Trafford was bad. Joe, I knew um, you was going to say that as well. I was going to ask but, if you went there or not. Yeah, I was there. But we, we got a refund. I mean, that was, you know, in those days it wasn't 30 quid, it was a bit more. So we got our 50 quid back, which was, which was good. I'm pretty sure... I booked my mate's ticket who drove, and I don't think I ever gave him his money back. So I think I made I made money out of that. <laughs> uh, too bad, right? Um, but it's, it's probably there's probably two. Well, one is the Champions League final because that was just heartbreaking. Um, 2006 in Paris, it was. You know, we we were there. We, you know, we we had the team, we had the players, we had Thierry Thierry Henry at the top of his game. And to lose that, I think, you know, going down to 10 men, um, ugh, you know, Belletti's shot was actually going wide when it hit Almunia and, and went in. It was just the whole the whole 
day and the whole well, the whole game really it was just so heartbreaking. So I think that's up there. But yeah. probably it's probably joint with the six 0 at, at Stamford Bridge purely because it was Arsenal Wenger's I think thousandth game. Thousandth game, and, yeah. And yeah. it was just a little bit you just felt for the man. It was that was when you know he was under a lot of pressure anyway and a lot of fans didn't want him to leave. But that was the one day, one game everyone was behind him. It was against Jose who 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 you know were not massively keen on. Um and it was yeah, it was just uh, we were about three or four all down within minutes and it was, you know, I think was it Kieran Gibbs was sent off instead of Chamberlain. It was the, the mix up who had all that. Yeah, it was that was game, in. wasn't it? Yeah. It was of that course. game. So it was just a terrible game and it was just at the bridge and, you know, to see Jose and the Chelsea fans enjoy it so much. So it wasn't wasn't pleasant. So I would say those two top of my head are, are probably the two that I remember. Wicked. Um, I've got to talk about the Champions League final that you brought it up. So you was actually there at the game. Yeah. Uh, what was the mood like before the game? Excitement. Um, it was all about we thought we were going to win. Um, yeah, Barca were, were were a great side, obviously. Um, but this was the, this was pre Pep, so it was a Frank Reichard time. Mm. They had Ronaldinho, who, who was who was a magician. Um, <clears throat> but Messi was young, hadn't quite done you know the Leo Messi we know today was not the Leo Messi we knew then. Uh, I think Iniesta came off the bench, if I'm right. So Xavi Iniesta, that whole famous partnership that we know, you know, if you say who do you want in the midfield, you say Xavi Iniesta. That wasn't a thing at the time as well. So it was really just Ronaldinho. They, of course, have great players. Um, but you know, it, 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 we felt we were just as good. We, we had we had Thierry, who who was at the time probably his finest, you know, two or three years really. Um, and the way we had got there, we'd beaten Madrid, we'd beaten Juventus, we'd really, Villarreal, we got maybe a little bit lucky, but but mm. that's part of football. We had kept, uh, I don't think we'd conceded a goal in the knockout games, um, so we'd kept three clean sheets in a row, uh, well, six clean sheets in a row, I guess, with the home and the away leg. It was just everything was going well. We had got players back for the final, Sol, Sol Campbell was back. Um, yeah, you know, right. we, we had played like you know Matthew Flamini left back that whole thing. Philip yeah. Senderos played. Um, in fact, that shirt reminds me of Philip Senderos actually. <laughs> uh, well, our mates has got Senderos on the back of it. Weird, weird man. But um, it's um, I say weird man actually. We met Senderos in in Seville a few months ago, the day after the game. He oh, was wow. doing a bus tour uh, like we were, so it was it was quite a nice guy. But um, that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, but yeah, so we, we just felt that we we, we we were there to win. And I think as soon as Jens Lehmann got sent off, we just thought, this is going to become difficult. And it was just cutting. I think you just wanted, you know, I still say it now, referee, you know, play on 1-0 Barcelona, 11 against 11, let's go. Because I'm convinced we would have come back into that game. But, you know, he, he, he sent Jens off. Gave them a free kick, which they missed, and then it was it was nil nil with ten men. I think even if you ask them, they would have probably said, "I'd be rather have nil nil," but them having a man sent off than us being one nil up. Um, yeah. I think you know the ref could have maybe played on a little bit and kept the spectacle, but I think it, unfortunately you know, it wasn't sending off. But yeah, it wasn't a malicious one, so it was just yeah, it, was, it was heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, and you had the highs of. Sol Campbell obviously scoring, didn't you? And then absolutely, yeah. The absolute lows after that. 
Yeah, exactly. And it was just, you know, if you, if you, there were chances in the game as well. I think we, we Caleb put Thierry Henry through and oh, Henry's talked about it like in, afterwards, like his foot just went numb. It was just, he was just knackered and he had nothing left. And that, when, when he, I don't know if you remember it, but it was kind of on his right foot, his usual, you know, the Gabby Martinelli from the other week type of goal, where it's just, you were just thinking, oh, he's going to bury this. He's been doing this for six years. Yeah. But he just did have no power on it. Um, the, the keeper, Valdez, I think, was saved it. He kind of, Henri fell over. And I think us in the sort of, you know, in, in the stands fell over as well, essentially. We all kind of, not, not literally, obviously, but we all just thought, Wow, we, we, he's gone here, and I think we're gone as well. And it's just that sense of, yeah, I'm not sure we're going to get back into this. But, yeah, but no. that's. I mean, we were actually one up then, but it was kind of like a sense of we're gone here. You know, it's it's coming, sort of thing. Um, and, and unfortunately, it did. It did, yeah. Yeah, we were just sort of camping out, weren't we? Basically, just pop. What you know, Jose would say, just parking yeah. the bus at you know, a little bit, down, yeah. But... Yeah. It's just still it haunts me to this day. Like everyone that, like we've got a Chelsea fan. He's stepped. He stepped in and done a couple of episodes with us. And yeah. he every now and then he just goes, yeah, but you didn't. You've never won anything in Europe. I'm like, just yeah. just fuck off. Yeah, it's it's a real um, yeah. It, it, funny enough, I, I I'm lucky enough that I actually talked to Arsene Wenger about it. Oh, wow. I don't know, around 2014, the time uh, it was at an AGM, an annual general meeting, um, and through the Arsenal Supporters Trust, we had shares. And I asked him that go from that Champions League final, any regrets, you know, anything at all? Um, and I said, you know, is it taking Pires off? Is it doing this? Is it doing that? And he goes, but he doesn't regret taking Pires off because I mean Freddie Jumberg, if you remember, had a great game and he was mm-hmm. he just ran, ran, ran. Freddie was fantastic and he said that he wanted to leave Reyes on because he felt Reyes had the pace to actually counter. Um so he goes you know, he felt for for, for, for Bobby but he had to take him off. But he goes the one thing maybe he would do differently was he took Fabregas off for Flamini and he goes, Maybe we just became too defensive then and became mm-hmm. a little bit in our shell. And we invited Barcelona onto us, whereas keeping Cesc on might have just made it, made us control the game, or allowed us to control the game rather. And potentially we might have had another chance there. You know, Jumberg and Reyes might have got another chance uh, to, 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 you know, to go two up. So he, he's, you know, it's just interesting that even even he, you know, he said, you know, I think he's openly admitted it in interviews. But he said it to us that day that he still. I don't know if he still does now, but he certainly in 2014, he was still every day, he said he thought about that and he thought about the game, he thought about decisions and I don't think, I think he said he's never watched it back, but I, I can't remember, but he says he thinks about it all the time and wow. you're not alone, Arsene, so do we. No. <laughs> I've never watched it back, I've never been able to put myself through it. Never. No. No. I've watched the highlights of the, the uh, Sol Campbell goal then I'm like, oh yeah, and I just pretend that was it. That's the end of the game, and just like, clip pause, yeah, close yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that kind of leads us on nicely. So, so you're part of the uh, the Arsenal Supporters Trust. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're a board member on there, and I saw that you're the youngest board member ever. Uh, yeah, not anymore actually. Uh, oh, we're updated. Getting our web- then. <laughs> we're getting our website done, so we've got oh, a okay. younger lad called Zach who I actually brought in. But I was the youngest for a while. Um, the youngest ever for a while, um, but we, we, yeah, we've recruited someone to, but 
I mean, obviously, Amazing. when we wrote that, that was 10 years ago. So I was, you know, I'm sort of 25 at the time now, 35. So obviously, we, oh, we okay. need younger blood in. So it's kind of a case of if I was still the youngest, it would be worrying because then we haven't recruited anyone <laughs> in 10 years. So, but at the time, yeah, I was, I was okay. the youngest. Amazing. So talk, talk us through your, your sort of role there, if you can. Because uh, yeah, I mean, so we've never was... been kind of exposed to anything like that. And I'm sure the listeners <laughs> are, are tuning in or watching on YouTube now. I mean, yeah. interesting. So, so the Arsenal Supporters Trust is like a registered society. So it's kind of governed. We've got to give our accounts to Companies House and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of a, a legal entity. Um, and essentially, we, we, we say we're kind of like a critical friend of the club, but a friend. And that means we can question them. We can ask challenging questions. We can kind of, you know, sort of hold them to account you know, but, but hopefully in a good way. And at the same time, they can then use us to, you know, as a focus group to ask us if we've got ideas or, or, or ideas that they've got, if they want to kind of get some fan opinions. We've obviously got a membership that we can ask and stuff like that. Mm. So the Supporters Trust started in 2003. Um, and essentially it started by a group of, of, of fans who are still still kind of part of it who uh, own shares that Arsenal. And obviously in those days, it was different. Football clubs weren't just owned by one owner. They were owned by several. And there was sort of, you know, around a couple of a hundred minority shareholders who had one share, two shares, something like that. You know, at the time, obviously, sort of the Hillwoods and, and Danny Fisman, David Dean, Vila Bracewell Smith, they all owned the club. But you had about sort of, you know, two to three hundred people who, who had a share. So what the Arsenal Sports Trust did was brought them all together and said, actually, everyone that's got a share, if we're together, we actually collectively own like 3% of Arsenal. and We're a lot stronger together. Um, okay. So it kind of gave everyone a bit of a stronger voice. It, it made the AGMs a little bit more uh, sort of exciting as well, but a, a little bit more worthwhile because obviously suddenly you had an actual... You had the supporters trust basically representing all of those people. So that's how it started. It was about governance. It's never been about on the pitch, you know, the supporters trust. I think in 20 years, they've only ever commented on the pitch once. And that was when it was really the last sort of season of Arsenal Wenger. And it got so bad that Arsenal, the supporters trust had to um, survey their members. And just a story on that, I remember because I was a massive Arsenal Wenger fan. I've got all sorts. I you know, totally love the man. Grew up watching him. I've got mm. sort of bits signed, um, oh, wow. signed by him and stuff like that. And, and was lucky enough to meet him several times. And um, amazing. It was. It was. We surveyed our members, and seventy-eight percent felt it was time for him to move on. And I remember I was on Sky Sports News, kind of the next day, having to give the survey results, and it absolutely killed me that you know I had to basically say that on on wow. on air. Um, even though I was one of the others who kind of said, oh, one more season. Maybe maybe it probably wasn't right, but, you know, sentimental, one more season. Yeah, hot um, over your head there. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. It was totally. But it was it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. So that's what the supporters just has to do. It has to try and be, we've got to take our sort of, our opinions to one side and, and see what the membership think. But we focus on sort of, I said governance and stuff like that. I mean, today today's a great example. Um, Richard Garlick's been uh, promoted essentially to managing director, so he is mm. essentially going to be do the role of the CEO. So Rinaldo and Kateshian is, is moving on in the summer. Mm. That kind of stuff is, is is stuff we've asked. We've, we've asked questions around 
you know, what was the process for the CEO recruitment. We want to make sure Arsenal are running the business as well as they can be be run. We've got auditors, accountants, lawyers on our board. We've got all sorts of expertise um, and, and all that sort of stuff. So we, we kind of keep an eye on things. We look at the accounts. We'll look at all the ticketing stuff, the ballots, the, the, how memberships work, all that kind of stuff. And we'll always try and represent essentially our members who are fans of the club. Not just our members, but we'll try and do the best thing for fans. Anyway, you know, a couple of little things were like, you know, there was a fee for like ticket exchange and ticket transfer and stuff. And we just felt that's stopping fans from using the service. And we really fought hard and we got rid of all that. So that doesn't just benefit our members. It benefits every Arsenal fan, essentially, because yeah. you don't have to pay a commission sort of to Ticketmaster and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll work on all the off the field stuff. We just, we won't, we, you know, you ask me about, you know, is Kai Havertz the right man to play number eight? I'll give you an opinion, my opinion, but the Arsenal Sports Trust would not have an opinion or a line on that because actually, yeah. who are we to tell Mikel and Edu who to play and what to do and who to sign? But yeah, we can sense. certainly tell Arsenal if we think £100 is too much for a, a, a ticket, which it is. Uh, but we, <laughs> yeah. we'll certainly tell them that. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's, it's kind of that's kind of our role. Nice. I, I just kind of wanted to, to sort of touch on a little bit there with the, the AGM side of things. Because sure. I know it's obviously changed since Kroenke's, you know, had that full takeover in 2018. Yep. And I was reading through the uh, website early and they, they promised that there would be communication with you guys and I just wanted to see kind of what's happening there. Have they stuck to their word or is that just gone by the wayside? Because oh. Josh Kroenke sort of, he seems to appear quite open. You know, lots of the, the sort of media that comes out from, from the club directly, he's quite open, quite chatty, um, seems to be quite pally with, obviously, Arteta and the players and stuff as well. So I was just keen to kind of see what, what that's yeah. actually like with, with you guys, really, as well. Yeah, so so as, as you rightly say, uh, KSE, um, is it KSI, yeah? He's still KSC, a gooner, isn't he? <laughs> KSE, Cronky, Entertainment Enterprise, or whatever it is. Um, they, they obviously, yeah, they became sort of sole owners of the club. Um, I, it, it, it was a little bit of a sour relationship uh, initially. Um, they, they kind of compulsory bought, basically, shares. So all those two, 300 people we were representing... They got their shares taken away from them because legally, when you own a certain amount of a company, you can then, you know, compulsory take 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 away the shares of the people because really the shares were just they weren't doing much. We didn't, you know, if you've only got three percent of a club and someone's got ninety seven percent, it's you're it's not going to get anything. Isn't it, really? It's a token, yeah, yeah absolutely. But it, it was a case of was that done right? I mean, the, the, I can only speak from the people who I've spoken to who had shares who say they just felt. Like it was taken from them without real care and, and attention. These people were some people have had it in their family for a hundred years. It was brought, you know, given down from their great granddad to their granddad to the dad to them. They oh, wanted wow. to have it, give it to their sons or daughters, um, and stuff like that. So people did feel quite disappointed. Um, I remember when when the Cronkies kind of did their statement uh, with Arsenal, did their statement about. So we've bought the shares now of of, of Alicia Uzmanoff and, and all the minority uh, fans. They, they, they thanked Alicia Uzmanoff for his kind of I don't know understanding and, and work, but never really even mentioned those minority kind of shareholders mm. who are just the fans. Mm. So it was just always I don't think it was done very well. Um, you know, uh, 
I, I, I don't see why potentially we couldn't have done something where fans still have a bit of the club because it's it's important. It, it's the fans' club. I always say that it's not Stan Kroenke's club. It's the fans' club. It's you know all the money generated at Arsenal is is because of the fans. You know, it's because mm. of you guys. It's because of whoever's listening who's an Arsenal fan. It's you know there's a reason why. Emirates and Adidas want to sponsor us because we we, we we fill out the Emirates every week. We fill out away grounds. We buy the shirts, you know. Yeah. We kind of do all that kind of stuff. So it, it definitely is our club uh, as fans. Um, and I'm not sure that the Cronkies, who, who obviously are American, it's very different in America. You have franchises. You have, you know, they obviously are, are famous for moving one of their clubs from a city to somewhere else. So yeah. you can imagine how much we were shitting it when they came across <laughs> bloody hell if they've moved a thing from a city to another city then what are they going to do here so yeah. it was always a little bit I mean they never really communicated at all there were, you know there was the odd I think I met Josh for the first time around 2018-19 when they took over he came to a fans forum but then never really saw him again heard from him again but as you said he, he was he was very charming he was you know weird We'd seen him at AGMs and stuff. He was very charming, very nice, I would say, from you know, face value. Mm. Um, but then, but then, didn't hear from them. And then, obviously, the Super League stuff happened, and that obviously changed football for a while. And yeah, that was when the Cronkies and Josh then started to communicate a little bit more. They were doing a lot more interviews and stuff like that. Um, we we had a couple of meetings with them and, and, and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, he's he's you know he's stuck to his word in some aspects, not in others. You know, he, he kind of he attends, I think, a couple of the meetings with fans um, on something called the Arsenal Advisory Board that was formed after the Super League. But he also committed to coming to something called the Fans Forum, and, and he hasn't. So it, it's a case of you know he he said after the Super League, it's we need to rebuild the trust. We need to get your trust back. Well. You know, I, I th- uh, yeah, if you ask an ordinary fan, they'll probably say, like, what's the problem? We're competing for the leagues. We're spending money. We've just spent £100 million on Declan Rice. And I totally agree. I think, actually, if you don't talk about your owners, it probably means they're doing a good job. And I think the Cronkies, actually, at the moment, are, are doing a good job. But I'll always think back and think, well, they did promise to communicate and they haven't. They did try and join the Super League. Will that come again? You know, the Super League, technically, the legal entity, we're still a part of. Um, so we, we haven't actually been, we haven't left the Super League because it's quite a complex legal um, issue, we're told. Um, so it, it's 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 a case of you know we, we kind of I, I, I did a piece for uh, Jeremy Wilson from the Telegraph and he asked me the question like if the Cronkies were walking on Holloway Road, what sort of a reaction would they get? And I said, well, it wouldn't be like it was four or five years ago where people were shouting at them and telling them to go. Mm. It'll probably be a keep going, we're on the right steps here, just keep going, but just don't do anything stupid, um, like join the Super League. So I think I think that that is kind of key. So I think it's it's a case of, you know, have they kept to their promises? Uh, what's the communication like? It's okay. It's okay. Um, could be better, absolutely. But while you're doing all right on the field, you sort of don't really care, to be honest. You know, it's, it's it, yeah, it's, it's a watching brief. At the moment, we just want to Put 100%. We want to be behind Mikel and the boys, and 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 you know Jonas and the girl, the the women as well, because they're obviously doing well. Just want the two sides to do really well. Um, mm. It's less about the ownership at the moment. And what do you think about it on the pitch then at the minute? What's your thoughts? 
I, I mean, we were all surprised last year, right? We, we were eighth the season before, and then suddenly we were in the title race. I was convinced we were going to win the league last year. It, it really hurt yeah. me, not as much as Paris, but it really hurt me. <laughs> um, you know, I, I remember I was... Oh, when Gabriel Jesus scored at Anfield, it was Easter. It was the 8th or 9th of April. Um, and I just turned around to my mates and said, oh, my God, we're actually going to win the league. We were two up at Anfield. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're actually going to win the league here. I can't. I'm just, you know, Liverpool came back into the game, drew 2-2. We then went to West Ham and I think we drew 2-2 again. We then went to Southampton. Or Southampton came to us and we drew 3-3. Um and that was that really, you know. We, I still remember going to City and being, you know, the concourse before the game was just buzzing because we just felt, you never know, we, we've got a chance here. Yeah. Um, and then we lost 4-1. So <laughs> we hadn't. But, you know, taking that period aside, the football we played last year was just incredible. It was, yeah. I haven't seen the Emirates like that. I think about that. Um, in fact, I think it was, well, around this time last year, maybe a couple of days, but we beat Man United 3-2 when Eddie Nketiah scored at the end. Yeah. We beat Liverpool when Saka scored that penalty. There was there was times when the Emirates was roaring um, away from home as well. Um, and it was just a joy to be around. It was a joy to be a part of. So I think we were doing really well. This season, maybe we're just not quite there yet, which I think everyone would admit. You know, But, but the fact that we were, we were top on Christmas Day. We, I remember coming back from Anfield again on the 23rd of December last year, just a, couple, a month ago or whatever it was. And it just felt we were top of the league. We haven't played that well, but we haven't lost at Anfield. And, and, you know, we're in this. And then we obviously had the West Ham and Fulham game. And we just thought, ah. So, I don't know. It feels like we're quite close. Maybe just a player away, maybe two players away. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you know, we were eighth three seasons ago so that I'm not sure we can complain yeah just need no. a striker though don't we need a striker but I think initially I think first we need Saka Martinelli to, to, to get goals again hopefully Martinelli that two goals has helped we need Odegaard to be playing like he was mm. we need to replace Granit Xhaka's goals um, you know we need Jesus to be fit you know, Thomas Partey is back in training now as well we need him to stay fit because I think him and Rice you know, I That's I would great, love to go to, to to I would love to play Liverpool at home and then go to Man City Easter, ironically this year, with them two in midfield because I think we can. Yeah. I, I would fancy them against anyone. So, yeah, a striker would be great. I'm not sure we'll get one, but for me, it's just getting those players who were scoring last year scoring again, getting players like Emil Smith Rowe playing again, and he, he looked good on on the weekend. If he can chip in with a few goals because he, he used to do that, so. Yeah. It's just, I think it's yeah. getting more out of what we've got because I think that team is, it's got another level for sure. Um, so mm. I just hope we see it. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. That with the uh, God, I can imagine. Yeah, I, th- I thought that earlier when I saw party in training, I thought, yeah, yeah. This, this is going to be great. Get all excited. <laughs> <laughs> with the uh, with the atmosphere at the Emirates, then do you think that's changed since kind of that the Ashburton Army and the likes of done what they're doing and just trying to promote and support and you yeah. know become that sort of firm really yeah I think a lot of things happened last year I think obviously the Ashburton Army were, were, were great in terms of kind of just that constant singing and trying to get people to sing around them I think um, the Angel the song you know North London Forever yeah. kind of stumbled it was the season before we stumbled into it right at the end of the season 
Um, and I remember again being in meetings with the club when someone said, like, you know, do, like, is this the anthem? Do we think we should like should we play this? And it was just a case of try it, just see what happens, you know. And it, they tried it against I think it was Leeds at home just April time, so season before last, and it just it flew off. Everyone loved it, you know. People didn't know the words initially, but everyone loved it. So that helped. And then I think it was just performances on the pitch. We started games so quickly, like, yeah. so fast that we were just. We were excited again, and that's what the atmosphere was. And yeah. the game I always think about was that Liverpool at home, Martinelli scored within 10, 15 seconds. And it was just that uh, we, we we wanted to be at our seats before the game started because we just didn't know what to expect because we, we started so fast. So I think there was a real... We weren't expecting it, whereas I think this year we're expecting it more. We know the Angel's going to happen. We know the Ashburton Army have got a slightly reduced allocation, but we know what they're going to be doing. So it's kind of a case of it's it's a, it's a little bit different now because we're, we're expecting to beat Palace at home. We're expecting to beat West Ham, even though we didn't. Whereas maybe this time last year, every game was a big game. So it's just... Yeah, a combination of things. I know Arsenal are... I look at that atmosphere and I think, you know, we've certainly been asking our membership if, if people have got ideas and stuff like that they've seen elsewhere, then please do share them because we want the Emirates to be a fortress. We want it to be, um, you know, big. I'll share a story with you. I know, I don't know if I should even share this, but I hope. But I, I know that, you know, in kind of his first or second season, Mikel Arteta was sending videos of sort of games in Germany to sort of the Arsenal exec board and saying like oh, look at how good this is like would like how can we make this happen at the Emirates and stuff and I think German culture is just different oh, wow. standing yeah. stuff like that but it was it's a thing of you know Mikel's talked about it the players have talked about it um you know we were at support us we were lucky enough to do an interview with Granite Shaka before he left and he was saying that we we feel it when the fans are on it we feel it so everyone knows it it's just a case of, I don't know, It's um, it, the atmosphere was very good last year. I don't think it's as good this year, but I, I just think it's just because we're, the expectations change a little bit. And we're sort of, it, it'll be great for Liverpool in two weeks because under lights, 4.30, people have been on, on the beers most of the day. It will be lively. Um, yeah. But then the week after when we play Brentford or wherever, it, it might go flat again. But yeah. I don't know. Let's see. Um Maybe because yeah. we've lost a few games, but anyway, let, let's see. It's one of those. It, well, I think we've been to a few games, and the atmosphere is just de- just dead. And you're like, yeah. come, come on, how do we? You know, like you say, how do we get this going? Just like just me and Ben sat there, like, well, how do we get this going? <laughs> yeah. And I wonder if there's other people just thinking the same thing as well, Probably. but just just all silent. It's yeah, it's so strange. Weird, I really anything like it. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's really odd. Mm. It just takes one. One good bit of play from Saka or Martinelli, or you know, like a, a yeah. really good diagonal ball or something, and all of a sudden everyone just goes, "Oh, hang on a minute!" Like it just sure. changes so quickly, doesn't it? And I think, it's especially down. for us, you know, we've got so many creative players as well who are technically absolutely gifted. Sure. I thought the, the atmosphere in the cup game against Liverpool was good because I thought we started mm. well and we played well first half. We hit the bar with the post. We had chances. Mm. It, it was lively. Um, so, uh, you know, I think the players know that uh, it's on them as well to give us those quick starts to get people up as well. They know it, but at the same time, 
sometimes they might not and they need us to give them the boost and, and stuff like that so yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 tough to it's a very hard one to answer and, and a very hard one to find a solution to be honest mm. yeah i can imagine uh, did you go to the uh arsenal luton game at kenilworth road yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the atmosphere that. like there? Because I watched it on, because uh, that was on Amazon Prime, I think, Prime, I remember rightly. Yeah. So I watched it without the commentary, just okay. listening to the crowd, and it sounded electric just through that. Well, it was a great game, obviously, 4-3, last minute, Declan Rice header. Squeaky um, bum for us, though, wasn't it? <laughs> it, was, it was, it was. I think, you know, it, it's, it's, it's funny you say about atmosphere, but it, at Luton, it's... It's basically open seating, so you can sit wherever you want or stand wherever you want. It's all standing. Um, oh, okay. So, so you had groups of mates all together, really, and that you know does help the atmosphere because suddenly, you you know you might have booked your ticket alone or with two other people or three other people. Suddenly, if you if you know ten, fifteen people, you're all together, and suddenly you can then you've got the ability to start chants and stuff. And you know, for for me, we there's normally six or seven of us that all sit together but we know so many different groups of people that we all actually it's about 40 50 of us that were all in the vicinity and it was actually quite nice because we could all sort of support each other in chance i think there was something to do with that maybe um that helped um it was a night game it was a a good game it was lots happening so you know it's it's but that yeah that end was was mad it was a bit dangerous actually because the ground is not really built for excitement if I'm honest so it was the fact that we got a last minute when there was injuries not in the players to fans there was like a couple of paramedics into the crowd afterwards because people had fallen over or bashed their leg or all sorts but it was yeah it was it was limbs as they as they say um for sure has there been much on the the allocation for Arsenal tickets and selling tickets because they've just they've just changed haven't they to that um sort of new uh was it a ballot system isn't it yeah, so they moved to a ballot system this season. Um, yeah, I mean, purely because the, the, I mean, we talked about the atmosphere being great last year and stuff, and the fast starts and, and expectations suddenly starting to change during the title race. But what does that bring? That brings demand, and mm. everybody wants to watch Arsenal again, um, which is great. Um, but it does mean that a 60,000 stadium now is, is probably too small. And, and we've yeah. got we have thousands and thousands, if not millions of fans across the world. Um, it's a tough one. So the club made a decision to change to a ballot system. Some will say it's good, some will say it's wrong. Well, what was happening was, if previously tickets were on sale at about 10 o'clock and were sold out within sort of 5-10 minutes, a lot of people were frustrated, waiting around for ages. A lot of people couldn't be online at 10 o'clock if you're a teacher a policeman a nurse mm-hmm. you couldn't say so it was just suddenly it was a bit unfair it was a bit of a lottery and, and i think the club felt if it's a lottery anyway let's do it fairly well whoever wants to enter can enter so regardless of if you can be available at 10 o'clock or not um and and you know it's 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 worked for some people i know some people have come up to me and said actually you know, this is great. I've been to four or five games this season, which I never got to do. But I've got some people saying I used to go to pretty much every game, and I now can only go to two or three. So mm. it's a really hard thing. I think from a supporters' trust perspective, it's you know we we there'll be winners and losers on balance. But for us, it's kind of let's try and solve those empty seats. Let's make sure if a season ticket holder can't go, they're putting their ticket on exchange so somebody else can buy it. Let's try and make that pot for silvers and reds a little bit bigger let's 
you know, make sure, yeah, okay, commercially we have to look after our commercial partners because they pay us a lot of money, but let's try and be as sensible as, as possible. Let's 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 force commercial partners to give their seats back if they're not using them. Let's kind of, you know, make, yeah, every time I see an empty seat, I just think, God, someone could have come, someone could have, you know, yeah. could have sat there. Um, so that's where, as a supporters trust, what we're trying to really fight, touting as well, you know, we don't want how to get tickets and make 300, 400 quid on, on, you know, a poor Arsenal fan who just doesn't know the system and stuff like that. So it's kind of like those are the things we're working on um, to hopefully help. But it's 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 tough. But at the moment, demand is just very high. Yeah. Arsenal, which is great because that means we're doing well. But equally, it's probably very frustrating for people. Yeah, I mean, I've I've gone into the ballot every time so far, and I've not managed to get a ticket yet. But I'm just still hoping. Um, we, well, I was hoping we would have a couple of cup runs. It'll be a bit easier to yeah. get a few tickets. Have you applied for every game? Uh, a fair, well, probably not every game, but probably about eight or nine of them. That's still quite a lot. That's still quite a lot. Yeah, I've been unfortunate. When, I think when I was told last it was only to start this week, but I think only forty-three people. Have applied for every game or nearly enough every game and not got a ticket. So it's very oh, very wow. small. Um, the Liverpool game there was a lot. Of, there was a big success rate because obviously Arsenal now have a cup scheme. So previously season ticket holders used to get all their cup games included. Yeah. Now it's like you can you can either opt in and have them automatically charged or you can buy them match by match. So oh, I think okay. around sort of ten to fifteen thousand didn't buy their tickets. So that meant more and more silvers got in. So I don't know if you enter the, the ballot for Liverpool, no, but no, typically yeah, no. I think it was it was about fifty percent. So it was like one in two, like you know, oh, got a ticket. So <clears throat> you, you you maybe missed one there, but you know, hopefully Champions League we have a bit of a run, and, and I don't know the Porto game. How have, have you entered for the Porto game or? Uh, I can't remember if I have or not. You know, uh, I think I might. Interesting to see what happens because that's obviously the cup scheme. Some people might think actually, category A, going to give it a miss. Um, so yeah, it might, there might be a little bit more for silvers and reds, but just we'll see. Shut that down for after once we finish recording. Uh, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. that I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. In terms of kind of you as a fan and yep. kind of your experiences then, so we've gone through some of the, the crappiest games that you've been to. Um, what's been like the highlight game for you? Or highlight games, I should say, because I'm sure there's more yeah. than one. Yeah, there's loads. I mean, so when we were winning league titles and stuff, you know, I was sort of 
14, 16 sort of thing. So in what, 2004, yeah, 2004, I was 16. Um, you know, it, 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 the games obviously, you know, sort of Tottenham, Man United away, stuff like that over the time. So 98, I went to Old Trafford, we won 1 0, Mark Overmar scored. Absolutely. You know, that game was incredible, but I was 10, couldn't see much. Kind of everyone stands out away games, it was tough. <laughs> uh, 2004 was, was great, but then I wasn't old enough to go to a pub afterwards. And, and so it, they're all a bit different. So it's just, uh, you know, obviously the, 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 the titles were great, but at that age, you know, when I was 10 at 98 or when I was 16 in 2004, I think I just felt success was going to come every year because we were just winning things every other year. It was us and Man United. Yeah. And, if we had a bad season, we'll still win an FA Cup, you know, 2004, yeah. 2005. Yeah, that's uh, so, that sort of uh, like hand me off prize of, oh, we didn't win the league, but we got the cup. That's cool. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do. I mean, it's not great, but it'll do sort of thing. Yeah. But so that, I was very spoiled kind of thing growing up. So those were great, but did I enjoy them as much as I should have? Probably not, really. Um, so it, it's you know the, the FA Cups under under the, the latter ones under Wenger were great. Great day out. Hull was a great day out. Villa was stress free. Uh, Chelsea seventeen was great. Obviously twenty was was under behind closed doors, but they're, they're great days. You know, I think I think that Chelsea one two thousand seventeen was 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 kind of magical. I think I think that was probably the one where Arsenal Wenger definitely should have said. Okay, that's that's it for me. I'm I'm off. Just beat the champions, stopped their double, won the FA Cup. You know, it was the sort of Sanchez as all time. Um, you know, it, it was a great day, just a really great day. And and to to beat Chelsea, who were favourites, was just fantastic. So that was actually one of my favourite days. But obviously the titles were were great. And yeah. you know, there's been some. You know, last year winning at Tottenham two 0 at Tottenham was was great because it's in their new stadium and stuff like that. With, <laughs> We've had some, you know, wins at Old Trafford as well. You know, I think about the Danny Welbeck FA Cup moment yeah, at Old Trafford yeah. was great. We've, we haven't lost at Chelsea for five, six years now. We've, we've, we've won there more than we've, we've, we've drawn even. So there's been great moments. But obviously when you win things, you know, Real Madrid at home at Highbury, best nil-nil you'll ever see. Um, Jens made a great save off, off Raul, I think it was. Like, moments like that are just great. But yeah. And ultimately, it's when you want you want to win titles. So it's the FA Cups and the leagues where they probably have had the best games. Yeah. So what's your what's your thoughts on um, kind of the Manchester City saga with their charges from the Premier League and what that means then going forward? Well, I, I, I would like them to be investigated. I mean, like everyone else has, you know. <laughs> I know people will say that, oh, they were quick to deduct points from Everton, weren't they? And for City, they're sort of sitting on their hands, which mm. there might be a case of that. But I think it does seem like, um, it, 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 it seems very complex. Um, but what you just hope is, you hope there isn't corruption. You hope there isn't, you know, you just hope they're going to be investigated. If they've been found to break, break the rules, you hope they'll be punished. Um you know, I don't really know what else to say, really, because it's I don't really know the ins and outs. I mean, <laughs> if you are to tell me, will they be stripped of their titles and stuff? And, you know, what does that mean? I'm sort of not massively interested, because if you were to tell me, actually, guess what? 
last year City are stripped of their title. So Arsenal, you're, you're champions. It's not what we're going to do. We're not going to do an open top parade, are we now? About like so, it's a case of it. It's really irrelevant. I mean, what's happened? In the, you know, people are saying about Barcelona and referees and stuff. And there was a period around 2006, 2009. Then they're looking at yeah. <laughs> again. If you can say to me, oh yeah, Paris, actually, guess what? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Do you know what? Take I'd take that. I would take it all day long because <laughs> I feel it's so unjustified. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like, Ali, I know you'll be listening to this. Fuck you. Take it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, you know what I mean, though, right? You're not going to yeah, want to exactly. it and enjoy it. So, but what I, what I hope is, I hope City will, will be. If they've broken the rules, they should be punished, and whatever that punishment is, bring it on, sort of thing. But. We'll we'll see. It, it it'll take major guts balls really to, for the authorities to actually punish them. If you know, there's been rumours that they'll be relegated if it's that bad. And I'd like to see that, but will it happen? I don't know. Um, yeah, because it's not just the Prem then though. If they get relegated, because the EFL have said, well, we don't have to accept them. Yeah. So then they can get yeah. knocked into the National League, and they've said we don't have to accept them. So then they go into yeah. the county side. I mean, I'd love to see that. You know, it's not going to happen, obviously. Yeah, you know, yeah. Someone and I don't. I can't see Pep hanging around for that. But, um, no, no, absolutely um, not. Can you imagine Pep in yeah. Conference South or Conference North? Yeah. It should be incredible scenes, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. Those cold grounds with no real cover and the dugouts freezing. It'd be quite fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know what will happen, but. You just want them to be investigated and you want them to be punished if they've broken the rules, for sure. Yeah, certainly. Certainly made like in, interesting kind of news. But, but Man City, you know, regardless, are just, just you know, those, that team that everybody wants to beat, similar to, you know, United Barcelona were back in yeah. the day. Uh, are you enjoying the competition? And, and, you know, with Liverpool in there now as well, you think that's good? Oh. I mean, last year I was really, I was really proud of the way that we competed with them. You know, they, they'd obviously spent on Haaland. Um, probably wasn't big money on Haaland compared to the rest, but because of the clause and because he only wanted them, it was a simple one for them. But mm. you know, you look at the money they've spent on their centre backs, Diaz and Co, and you know, Greenish obviously this this you know from their team, what Foden's probably homegrown. You know, spent money on Stones, they've spent money on. You know the the whole lot really, um, yeah. and it, 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 at the same time you can say Arsenal have as well. You know Arsenal spent. If you look at the Arsenal team, you know Ramsdale was was and Raya both good enough. You know twenty five whatever million. Um, you ben know, White from, fifty million. Ben White, Gabriel, Saliba, yeah. all twenty odd, twenty five million. Declan Rice, obviously Thomas Partey came for forty five. Um, where we haven't is obviously that kind of Odegaard was thirty, but and Jesus, but obviously the Saka Martinelli's the kind of the couple of homegrown talent there we we haven't spent on, but we've spent money as well. We we can't not say that. Um, but obviously City and, and Chelsea even have been spending it relentlessly for you know ten fifteen years now, and, and Arsenal wouldn't be doing that. Arsenal won't do that. Um, yeah. Arsenal have have invested to get Arsenal back to where they feel they should be. Um, but Arsenal will not continue to keep spending that amount of money where City probably would if they could. Yeah, um, but yeah, pr- proud that we've we've built a team that can compete a little bit. Proud that we, you know, we've beaten them at home this season. Mm. Um, yeah, just want us to keep going, keep improving. And um, 
you know, hopefully win a league. Um, but competition's great, and it's great to be part of it. Great to be part of the competition. It's, it seems like, though, that with Arsenal, so I saw something, I can't remember if it was today or yesterday, it was released with regards to the, the money that they've made on players, and we were, like, right up there with just not making money on players. We're not making... <clears throat> just, just spending money, like with Pepe and things. And, and I've seen it a few times whilst I've been frustrated with releasing players from their contracts for nothing rather than actually taking a, a transfer fee that other clubs would do. Do, do you have un, any understanding on why that is? Uh, there's a combination of a few things. Uh, the most simple thing is people don't want our players. Um, <laughs> essentially. Why don't they want our players? Maybe because they are paid a little bit more and they can't afford their wages. Maybe it's because of injuries. <clears throat> you know, you think, I, I know Arsenal this summer, I think were quite disappointed that they didn't really sell. You know, Kieran Tini was one that they thought they could probably make some money on. Didn't make any money on him. You know, Emil Smith-Rowe, whether he was available or not, I don't know, but, but certainly didn't sell him. And I'm glad they didn't, by the way. Um, yeah, but it's just ESR. that, you know, we haven't, sorry? I love ESR. I think he's got so yeah, much potential. Exactly. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but yeah, we just haven't, we haven't sold. And it's it's essentially because the interest potentially isn't there. You think this 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 window we'll be happy to sell Cedric Elneny. I think Eddie and Ketia, bless him, lovely guy. I'm not sure he's top level. I think if you could get 20, 30 for Eddie and Ketia, I'll probably let him go. But really, this is... It's been in isolation. Joe Willock, Alex Awobi are probably the two yeah. that we actually got some money for, but we, we've definitely struggled. But Arsenal know that. Um, Arsenal, uh, Arsenal know. You know they've sort of admitted it that they they need to show they're good sellers as well. I think about ten years ago there was a couple of things. There was we, they wanted to be good buyers and, and, and buying that top bracket. I think they've done that now. You know the wife mm. deal shows that. Um, and then they also wanted to be better at contracts. I think they've done that. Every player is pretty much signed up. (coughs) It's in our power now, which is great. And then the third thing was be good sellers. You know, Chelsea, for all their faults, are good sellers. You know, know, a lot of them are homegrown players. They sold, which, you know, fans were upset about. But they got money for Mount. They got money for, you know, whoever else they've sold. City as well have, have sold the odd one. You know, Sterling went, obviously, for a bit of money to Chelsea and stuff like that. Um, Liverpool have sold well as well. I mean, that Coutinho money bought them Van Dyke and yeah. Allison, didn't it, and stuff that's, like that. So Suarez as well, ever. obviously. So it, and all the other clubs are selling better than us, you know. Even Spurs got money for Bale. I mean, they've absolutely messed it up the way they spent it, but they got <laughs> money in. Whereas we we haven't quite quite done that, um, you know. Yeah, we're just we're not quite there, and I just think it's you know yeah it's lack of interest. Maybe wages are a bit high, and I think injury prone. I think a lot of our players are. Mm. You know, Kieran Tierney. Would you spend thirty million on him? You would if you could guarantee his fitness, but not if he's kind of going to be injured every kind of couple of months. So it's um it's that I think Arsenal would have hoped. I think they would you know if someone like. Someone came in for Thomas Partey, for example. They'll be happy to probably probably sell if they got some money in for him. But there was just no interest. Um, where their interest was was Gabriel, and they weren't willing to sell him, obviously, because he's part of that that Saliba partnership, and then rightly so. So, yeah. just uh, you know, 
I'm sure they could. I'm sure somebody would buy Saka for 100 million, but obviously that's not what Arsenal want to do. <laughs> so well, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the interesting one will be probably in the summer will be Ramsdale. He's obviously got some value. I think there'll be lots of clubs <sighs> that would want to buy Ramsdale. I, I personally really like him. I, I feel maybe created a little bit of a problem that we, we, we didn't have. We're actually conceding more shots and more goals than we were last year. So yeah. it's maybe a you know, confidence thing. But yeah, that will be one. But apart from that, you can't really see you know, who else could you really sell um, to make money. It's not really in there. No, who, who we actually want to get rid of in terms of you know, Yeah, I think they've, I think you said we, we had to spend big to essentially rebuild that entire squad. Yeah. You know, the fact that we got rid of Aubameyang, Ozil, and just let them go was big kind of marquee decisions, but yeah. it has worked out right. It yeah. has. It has. We're making up for the mistakes of like the, the Sanchez for Mkhitaryan deal, for example. Yeah. It's like one of the yeah. worst bits of business I think we've ever done. Yeah. You know, Sanchez I mean, was absolutely world class for us. You say that, but Sanchez for United was so bad. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Sure. But, but I know what you mean. For us, he was so good. Yeah, I saw but something the other day that. comparing his stats. It's like goal and assists. Oh, he had a similar amount of games as Ozil, and he got more assists than Ozil, and obviously way more goals. Yeah. I just thought, watching back, he was back. insane for us. I think we look back over 20 years, and we're actually not, not the Henri days, because they, they were a different class. But I think yeah. since, since the Invincibles, I've probably seen three players... For me, that have been absolute worldies. So that Cesc Fabregas, Robin Van Persie, and Alexis Sanchez. I think with three of them in the team, I just felt like we were. We've had a few good players. Uh, a lot, you know, Ozil for a season, two seasons was very good. Santi Cazorla was a great player, but those three, I think, were worldies. Um, okay. And Sanchez was, yeah, watching Alexis, but he was very. Um, he wasn't quite that team sort of player as such. He was a bit of a loner. He was, yeah. you know, um, I think, I, I'm pretty sure they said it publicly, but we had Gary and Colin Lewin, the ex-physios, at one of our events, and they were saying that, you know, when players went away for their internationals, that the, the physios and stuff would obviously be communicating with the players and stuff, and if a player's got a slight injury, they would be kind of saying that, talking to the country and saying, look, he's got a slight hammy, and that friendly, it would be great if he only played 45 minutes and stuff. But they said with Sanchez, he would go against that and say, no, no, I want to play 90 minutes. And then after the games, all the oh, players would report yeah. back to say, yeah, I'm, I'm fine, all good. You know, see you tomorrow sort of thing. Sanchez was the one who would never text them and say, is he all right? So he was just, uh, you know, he wasn't quite, he was obsessed by football, I think, but he wasn't quite that team player as such, maybe. Um, you yeah. can sort of see that a little bit, couldn't you, really? But he was a great player. Absolutely great player. Um, yeah, we'd love to have kept him for another year or two. Yeah, it would have been amazing. In fact, he could play out front for this team, couldn't he? And he you know, imagine yeah, it. I was just thinking he'd be insane in this squad at the moment, just because he's got he that did. energy as well. I know he used to press from the front in the every single yeah. time. So. He's a fighter as well. I mean, you see Jesus is a bit of a fighter. He'll, he'll, he'll battle, and Sanchez was the same, but probably with a better output. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> maybe a bit old now but you know Sanchez of three four years ago yeah I did but, see yeah. a rumour in the summer saying that he was like spoke, speaking to Arteta to ask if he can come back to Arsenal for a uh, year I'm sure he would love oh, to no. but <laughs> I, don't know, yeah, I don't think Arsenal would ever take him back and just not the right profile anymore um, no 
and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, remember, he was at Arsenal, what? We're talking five years now. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a long time, time isn't it? Um, and in terms of like the current squad, then who do you think can go on to be that sort of world class level? Saka, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think I probably don't need to explain why. Just think he's is no. is not only Arsenal's best player. I think he's one of England's best players. I think I was astounded when he against France in the Euros, he won the penalty and then was taken off. I just thought he's absolutely shitting this fullback. Yeah. He's just won a penalty. I can't remember if it was the penalty Kane scored or the one he missed. I can't remember which one it was. It's a bit of a blur. But I remember he went off straight away after. And you just thought, what are you doing, Gareth? Um, so Saka, for sure. Uh, I think Martinelli can be really good because I think he's just got the right attitude. He just talks about he wants to play, mm. just wants to play football. And I think he's got the right attitude. Um, I mean, Declan Rice has been he's such he, he does the job of two players and I just think he's, he's, he's he can be as good as he wants to be he's definitely going to be an England captain at some point yeah, um, undoubtedly yeah undoubtedly and it's, it's, I just think I mean I, I personally think England yeah, you know as much as Southgate has, has done well to get us the finals and stuff I think it's definitely a time for it should be his last tournament now because I think to waste, I mean, we all say golden generation was great, Gerard, Lampard, I mean, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, fine. But if we're going to waste Jude Bellingham and Declan Rice, then yeah, we're just, we're never going to win anything yeah. as a country. So we, I want a manager there who's going to not play Calvin Phillips alongside the more bloody Jordan <laughs> Henderson, play those two alone because they're absolute beasts. Yeah. Get Saka on that right against wingers, get potentially Grealish in there and Foden as number 10 and obviously put Harry Kane who, who you know I've always said he's a good player obviously now he's not as first um, yeah, yeah. he's a world class player now he's a player yeah, isn't he yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah just have some have some balls and just go with it because those two are such great players Rice and Rice and Bellingham so yeah Rice is another one I think is going to be really good and then Saliba yeah. just think he, he's Rolls Royce he's, he's ready to take over um and I just think I think Gabriel's done really well as well. By the way, but I think Gabriel will always be a very good player. Saliba could be a a worldie. Yeah, I think Odegaard has to go in there as well for me on that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know yeah. the world class level personally. I think just I think, below. I know we've debated yeah. a couple of weeks ago about what what is defining yeah. world class nowadays, but I think people say when world class is you know would you get into any other team? And I just think. Saka probably would, most teams. Mm. Saliba probably would. Rice probably would. Would Odegaard, you know. It, maybe he's unlucky because, you know, Kevin De Bruyne has not, you know, come back strong and then plays like that. But I, I, I like, I love Martin Odegaard. I, 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 in fact, I got this printed today because I, I play. Oh, I, nice. I, I like to have a, I like to have a, because I try and play that. It's weird, man. I'm weird. But, like, honestly, I I play side every Monday. And if I've had a couple of bad games in a row, which is quite often, I bring out my gold Sega Henri shirt. And I don't know what, it just inspires me to do. I normally bang in a few goals. I just... uh, Yeah, Will's got it there. The Sega one, before that, before that, 2002. (laughs) um, It just, yeah, brings out, I just like, it's like a magic shirt. So I always feel the player on the back. 
I, I, believe it or not, I, I don't know what I was thinking, but I had a... Do you remember the white Arsenal shirt? You know, yes. Yeah. Like yeah. Six, Wasn't that the third oh. kit, though? Uh, possibly. Yeah, it had like the writing um, on it or something, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got William Gallas on the back. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like a stinker when I used to play with that shirt. Like, it's, it's, I literally <laughs> wear them when I play five-a-side football, but I just feel, yeah, I feel the Odegaard... Um, yeah, the Odegaard ones can inspire me. But, yeah, I, I, I just... Yeah, I think he's a very, very good player. I love him as captain. Um... I've yeah sort of had yeah I'm very um, biased as well. Did you ever hear about Odegaard FaceTiming the fans um, on the, the train coach. back? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I was the fan, so it, it's yeah, no so way. Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got a real soft spot for Odegaard because I, I know his agent, and I sort of said you know we're a little bit drunk actually on the way back from Newcastle, and just said. This would be really cool, like if we could do this. And he said yes. And 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 obviously when he got home, he he got home well before us, even taking a flight and all that kind of stuff. And, and obviously he did it. And I just feel he talking to his agent and, and seeing that and stuff. He he really he wants to be an Arsenal legend. He wants to be the Arsenal captain. He wants to. He spent time with Tony Adams. He spent time with Patrick Vieira. He wants to understand what it is like to be an Arsenal captain. He, when Arsenal had the um, the uh, the stadium design stuff, when they unveiled that, there was a, a, a an event in Angel. Uh, Martin Odegaard turned up and, and and came to it because he believed he as Arsenal captain he should be there. Obviously, the, the FaceTime with us was a bit of a laugh, but you know he didn't have to do it. Um, so I just I've got a real soft spot for him. So I I I want him to be great, um, but. If I'm going to be fair, I think he's going to be very, very good. Um, I think Saka, Salima, Rice are the three, and I think Odegaard potentially and Martinelli could be there, um, but maybe they're going to be the next the next two. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, will, I will do a little game, a little game with you. I've got like I got these shirts. I've got a mate who works in the industry, so I got them a little bit cheaper, which is because I mean, I, come on, I mean, who can afford all three shirts nowadays? But Let's play a little game of guess who's on the back of the shirts. I, I got them printed today. You can ask me. You can ask me questions. I can only say yes or no. Okay, great shout. Uh, just uh, go on, you go first, Will. In in first eleven. Yes. First eleven player. Uh, numbers one to six. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so is that yes? Yes. Hmm. Okay. Defender. Defender. Yes. Okay. Ooh, timber. No. So let's limit oh, no, Timber's number 12, isn't he? I think it wasn't. Yeah. You've got one more question, Ben. Let's limit it to okay. two questions. Uh, You've got one more question. Is he, a, is he a centre-back? Yes. Oh. I'm going to go Gabriel. Saliba. No. Oh, Saliba. oh, no. Whenever I see that, that yellow shirt, though, I don't know why. I instantly think Martinelli. 
Yeah, yeah I don't I know. Well, you know when there's always a shirt that draws you to a player, yeah. isn't there? Well, that's what I mean, Senderos with that, because my mate's yeah. got Senderos on the back. But I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Henri obviously comes to mind. Oh, so I see what you mean. You've got the gold shirt behind. Yeah, that's the shirt I mean. Yeah, yeah, that one, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, that's the one. I've got Henri on the back, and that's my saviour shirt. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I could just, it wasn't, I couldn't quite see it. Before. No, 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 uh, no, no. So, all right, last game. So you've got, got two each again. Uh, who's on the back of this? Ooh. First, oh, I'll go for the same question. First team, uh, current first team. Okay. Yes, most P- Peripheral. Oh, okay. Uh, is he an attacking minded player? Yes. Okay. okay. Uh, uh, is he left footed? That doesn't help anyone because none of us here know clearly. <laughs> not sure. Um, okay. Ask a different one, Will. Ask a Obviously, one. it's a shit question. I don't know if I deserve it otherwise. Right, I'm just going to Google that. Just to, um... If you just say out loud what you're Googling, and we'll try and guess. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, I think I think he might be, but funny enough, Google says he's an unusual player. But uh, so I, think, I, I think so. But like, yeah, it, it's uh, okay. Most, but, but. Is he playing on the wing? No. Oh, okay. That okay. goes my guess. Oh, uh, so I've got to guess the player. I think Havertz. What you? Do you want to have a guess? <sighs> I, I was thinking Trossard because he sometimes plays through the middle. But I'm going to go with Jesus. Oh, well. <laughs> For those listening, oh, as I say, this is a really shit game if you're listening to a podcast, don't you, actually? You can't see which guy. Just for, for the listeners, the, the second, the, 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 the Saliba one was on the away, the yellow one, and the Habits was on the green third shirt. I do off. really like that, that third shirt. Yeah, I do right, really but... like that. It's so different to what we ha- we've had for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Well, we've really appreciated your time. Before you go, though, would you? What What are your predictions for Arsenal this season? Uh, oh, that league just I just feel. I, I I don't know about you guys, but if, I don't know if you watched Newcastle City, but if you did, and you saw De Bruyne come on. Assist, well, score and then assist, and just thought, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna win like ten in a row now, aren't they? They're just gonna do what they did last year, just bang, 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 bang. Yeah. So I just feel, unfortunately, the league's not gonna happen for us. Um, so, you know, as long as we get top four, I think you know that 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 is the minimum. Um, I don't know, Champions League, it's a weird one because often when you're not, you haven't been in it for a while and stuff, you do actually overachieve a little bit. If you look at a lot of teams have overachieved when they first entered it because they're a little bit unknown, people have forgotten how to play them, you know. So we get past Porto, anything's possible. You're suddenly in the quarter final, you're two games away from the semi final. So it'll be great to have yeah. a run in the in the in the in the Champions League if we could get and Porto will be a tough game, you know. Don't get me wrong, but if we can get through them, I would feel slightly, you know, I'd feel 
So it depends who we get, but like you think actually could we get to a semi final? That would be a great that would be great, wouldn't it, to, to get to a semi final. Imagine how the Emirates will be that night and, and the away yeah. end for wherever we go. It, it it will be you know, it's we've all said we wanna be back playing in Europe's elite competition against the best teams and if we got to a semi, you know, even a quarter, but if we got to a semi that would be for me that would be a good season. Yeah, I still, agree. you know, people say you haven't won anything, and that's true. I think we want to win stuff, but just think it would be slight progression. You know, we're in the Europa last year, getting to the semis of the Champions League, but then you get to the semis, anything's possible. So you never know. You know, we've seen Chelsea fluke the Champions League. We've seen even Liverpool the, the season that they beat Spurs in the final. We've seen Spurs fluke a Champions League final. You've seen Porto win it, over, you know. You've seen Greece win the Euros, Portugal yeah. won the Euros. It can happen. You never know. But yeah. got hope yeah. now. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It gives us hope for the rest of the season, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, you guys listen at home. I'm sure you've all enjoyed it too. Uh, but that's it for this week, and we'll catch you next week. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Uh, please, if you can, give us a five-star review on your podcast provider and help us to hashtag drop the pod. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.